You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Wonderful. This morning we're going to uh, we're going to go into the Word of God. Just stretch your hands to me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your Word, which is spirit and is life. Lord, as we go into your Word, which is the perfect law of liberty, I pray, O oh God, for your people. Lord, I pray that every single one of us here, Lord, will experience you in a special way, in a fresh way. Let there be revelation. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. Um, anoint these lips of clay. Let there be clarity, O oh, Father. Let there be transformation. Let there be impartation. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the title of my message today is, Do You Want to Be Made Whole? Turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, do you want to be made whole? <laughs> Yeah, that's a question that we need to ask ourselves. And you say, well, um, Pastor, I'm already whole. I'm glad for you. If you're already whole, I'm so super glad for you. Amen? But let's look at, uh, let's look at uh, First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter 5. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, this is a desire of Paul for the church of Thessalonica that applies to us today. He says, now, 1 Thessalonians 5, okay, yeah. He says, now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Oh, what a desire. What a prayer. May the Lord, God of peace himself, sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? May your whole spirit, soul, and body be presented blameless. So here we see that there are three parts to our being that are mentioned here. There is your spirit, there is your soul, and there is your body. God is interested in all parts of you. Somebody once said, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. How many people have heard that? Okay, yeah. You were made in God's image after His likeness. So the part of you that looks like God, your spirit looks exactly like God. And in fact, your physical body, your physical features also resemble God. Amen. Amen. How do I know? The Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. So we know that God has eyes. Okay? Yes. In Isaiah, it tells us that the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Every word that has gone out of his mouth will not return void. So God has a mouth. It says the hands of the Lord are not short 
That means God has hands. Hallelujah. So when, we, when, we, when, we, when you read the Bible, you start seeing that God has features that are similar to ours. Interestingly, I don't know if you've heard that joke. I've shared it a few times that uh, a child came to his mom and says, Mommy, is God black or white? And the mom says, He's both. Then he says, Is God a man or a woman? She said, He's both. Then he said, Mommy, is God Michael Jackson? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. So, you see, in the spirit, it is, it's not a, a matter of skin tone. Amen? Amen? Yeah. It's a spirit being. God is a spirit. All right? If not that Jesus came and took the form of flesh, and now God, God has flesh as well. But prior to that, God was only spirit. So, but now with Jesus coming, he was able to identify with us and take our, our form, okay? And now the Godhead can relate with humanity with clear and perfect experiential understanding. Yes, God knows everything. But he doesn't feel what you feel physically because he's a spirit. But with Jesus coming, Jesus brought another dimension to God, God's experience of humanity. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, so now God is, is, is touched by the feelings of our infirmities because of Jesus. So when you cry to the Lord, Jesus will turn to the Father and say, Father, I've been there. This is how it feels. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. So, so Paul's prayer is that the God of peace himself will sanctify us completely. So completely means spirit, soul, and body completely. And as you... Uh, grow as you pursue God, as you pursue spiritual growth, you need to pay attention to every area of your life. Many people focus on the physical, all right, because that's what they see. All right, that's what they see. I need three, three people, three ladies. Come forward. I want to illustrate something. Spirit, soul, and body. Okay. Wonderful. We have three angels here. <laughs> okay. One of you. Okay. Stand like this. Okay. You stand in front there. No, you, you are tall. Okay. No, the taller one. You turn like that. You by the side. Sorry. The no. Side. No. Behind her. Okay. You turn. Turn your back. Okay. Now, let's say, let's say, this, um, this is the spirit, okay? Yes? This is uh, 
No, this is, okay, this is the spirit, this is the soul, this is the body. All right? Now, you, the spirit, look up. Just put your hands looking up, okay? And you, the soul, put your hands, look into your chest. And then you look forward there. Okay, your hands are out. So, your spirit, okay, your spirit is connecting with God. So, it, this is the part of you that is able to contact God. Okay? It's able to receive from God. So, your spirit is constantly looking up. All right? But the soul is constantly looking inward. Okay? Self. The soul is more self-aware. The spirit is spirit aware, is God aware, is God conscious. The soul is self-conscious. Okay? This is where there's so many things that happen in the soul here. And then the, the, the body, all right, is aware of the world, the outside. It's looking out. So this is looking out, this is looking up, and this is looking inward. All right? So in your, in your, as you pursue your relationship with God, you need all of this working together in a perfect alignment Amen. and in harmony. So there are things that happen that cause a disconnect. All right? So when, when we talk about being preserve blameless. So this part must be blameless, this part must be blameless, and this part must be blameless in your work before God. So that's what we're going to address. Okay? Thank you so much. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wonderful. Yeah, so when, uh, and I know some people, some people teach that uh, the, spirit, the spirit and the soul are the same. But, yeah, if you look closely into the Scriptures, it's not correct. Because um, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 tells us that uh, the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, okay? Uh, piercing, look at it, it says, for the Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, Right? Piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit. So you see that the Word of God is able to divide. You know, if they were here, I would show you how the Word divides the soul and the spirit. So that means that they are two separate entities, but joined together. And it is only the Word of God that is able to separate them. The Word of God is what is able to separate them, okay? But, um, and that's why when the, when the body dies, what goes up is your spirit and your soul. They go together. You can't separate them, all right? So when the Bible says the soul that sins shall die, it's, 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 it's referring to 
to the, when they are together like that. <laughs> because when you are born again, your spirit cannot sin. Because the seed of God is in it. Hallelujah. You've, you've got the nature of God in you. So you won't be able to sin in your spirit. But your soul can sin. Your body can sin. Okay? Yeah. So there are sins of the body. There are sins of the heart. The, 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 the soul and the spirit put together make up your heart. Hallelujah. So you cannot doubt in your spirit, but you can doubt in your heart. And that part of your heart that doubt comes from is your soul. Are you getting my point? Yeah, so do you want to be made whole? Do you want your soul to be made whole? Do you want your life to be made whole? It's important. What are some of the things that uh, what are some of the things that we want to be made whole from? There are many things, okay? The body, uh, our lives. You see, before, before the fall, I always like going back to Adam before the fall. Before the fall, do you know Adam was a perfect man? God made him perfect, right? He had no sin. He was a perfect man. He was a mature man. And he had perfect understanding of God. He had perfect communication with God. And he had perfect communication with his wife. All right? Yeah. So, um, but when God made man, the spirit was supposed to be the part of man that will rule. Okay, so the ability to rule is placed in your spirit. Your spirit is where the gifts of the spirit get into. That's where God puts the anointing. He puts it in your spirit. He puts, he puts the, um, the gifts of the spirit in your spirit. He puts the ability to discern in your spirit. Okay? He puts the ability to hear in your spirit. Your spirit has eyes. Your spirit has ears. Your spirit has mouth as well. That's why when you worship Him, we worship Him in spirit and in truth. So Isaiah says, These people worship me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So it is possible to articulate the right things and your heart is saying something else. So God doesn't accept that. So whenever we pray or whenever we worship, God is not only listening to your words, He's listening to your heart. Yeah, He's listening to your heart and that's why you need to pay attention to what goes on in your heart. If your heart is not aligned to the Spirit. Are you with us? Or are you in Lagos? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, if, 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 if your heart is not properly aligned, then there's a miscommunication in the Spirit. And that's why some of our prayers don't get answered. 
Because inwardly we are not whole. Are you getting me? And that's one of the reasons why you need to keep your heart with all diligence. So will you be made whole? I want to emphasize the soul part of you. Not the spirit. Not even the body. Not even the physical body. I know there's an account in John chapter 5. In fact, let's read there. In John chapter 5 from verse 1, it says there was... There was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down, at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now there was a certain man, you know, <laughs> now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. My goodness. Some of you that are 38 from the time you were born, that man was carrying this condition. Think about that. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, said to him, do you want to be made well? Now, I like the way the, the authorized King James, the, the King's Version puts it. Let's read it in the King's Version. King James, all right? Not New King James. King James. It says, When Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He saith unto him, Will thou be made whole? Will thou be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Of course, Jesus. What do you think? I mean, somebody who would... For, who has been um, in that state for so long. Come on, Jesus, what kind of question is that? But you see, God does not move by assumptions. All right? Jesus would always ask what you want. What do you want? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? So the fact that you have been in a condition for so long, does not mean that when you come into God's presence, things will just... You need to exercise faith. All right? You need to place a demand. You need to say to the Lord, I want to be made whole. I want to be free from this condition. Okay? Now, in this case, this was a physical condition. And we see the ailments that were listed here in, um, in, in this scripture. Verse 3 says, there were sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed. So there were all kinds of sick people. And then there were many blind people. There were many lame people. And many paralyzed people. But I want you to know that these physical conditions also have 
a soul counterpart. So it is possible to be physically able to walk, but your soul is not able to walk. Do you get my point? It is possible for you to see your eyes, you can see, you wake up, you open your eyes and you can see, but your soul is not able to see. Your soul can be paralyzed as well. So these are, these are conditions. And there are many people that are walking, pretty looking people, who sound nice and who are well dressed like you're looking beautiful this morning. I don't know who is paralyzed in the soul. I don't know who is blind in the soul. I don't know. But God knows and you know yourself. Hallelujah. You know yourself. How many people know themselves this morning? You say, Lord my God, I want to be made whole. I want to be made whole. Hallelujah. So that's the question this morning. Your soul is that part of you that Satan can easily access directly if, 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 if you allow him to. Okay? So that's why you need to be watchful. Your soul is that place where he, he is able to project. What's, there's something they call in the, in the medical world. I think it's induce. Yeah. So Satan is able to induce certain things. He's able to project certain things and cause you to respond in a particular way. Yeah. So, Doc, <laughs> you know you're my partner in this, in this mission. <laughs> yeah. Come and explain to us. Where is the microphone? <laughs> Give it to him. Come forward here. Come and help us. You usually induce people. Come, come, come. Uh, women, rather. Let me say pregnant women. <laughs> Yeah, so what, what, what is that? Explain it. I think you are referring to starting labor when someone is not in labor. That's correct. Okay. This is where someone, we say she's pregnant and she's ready to have a baby, but the baby, she's not in labor. So we can start the labor ourselves. It's like um, a push start for a car. You know, a car which is not starting and uh, you can push it and then you can start uh, and then it can go wherever it goes. So we can start the labor ourselves. Once you start the labor, it will continue on until the baby is born. Okay. Thank you so much. So, so so the enemy is able to push certain things, okay, in your soul. And he uses, he uses different techniques to do that. He has his own technology. 
All right? So the medical guys, they have their own technology that they use. The enemy has his own technology that he uses. So if he wants your life to go in a particular way, he needs your permission. He cannot force you. I'm telling you, Satan does not have the power to force you to do anything or to go anywhere, to go in any direction. He doesn't. But he, he tricks you to give him your permission without knowing. Yeah, that's what he does. So he will trick you to give you his permission, and then he will use that permission as a legal um, premise to present his case to God and to tell God that he has gotten your permission. And so God will allow him to do what he wants to do. So many times people will say, but why? Why didn't God, why did God allow this to happen to me? Why did God not stop this from happening? The question is, why did you allow it? Why did you give him your permission? But you say, Pastor, how do I know? When did I do that? There are several ways he does that. So he has a way of suggesting to you. Okay? Last time, I think, I'm not sure if it's last week or, no, last week I wasn't here. Last week, how many people enjoyed Pastor Alfred? Hallelujah. Preaching machine, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So, um, what he does is that he would, he would suggest to you. And there are different ways he can use somebody close to you to speak something into your heart. And then it settles in you. It settles into you. So imagine, this is a real life situation. Somebody, some people, they wanted to experiment something. And then this person woke up and then they, they just came and they started telling the person, you don't look okay. What is wrong? Why are you looking? You look sick. You look sick. You, you. And, you know, and this person was fine. So, but one person came, you're looking sick. You're, looking, you're not okay. And then another person came, wow, why do you look like that? And all different people were saying the same thing. Do you know that by evening, this person was in bed shaking? Yeah, shaking. Ill, by evening. That's from morning, because they started speaking, 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 you know? Instead of this person to say, no, I'm fine, you know? Instead of saying, no, I'm fine, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. It's like, maybe resisted the first one. Then another one came, said it again. Then another one came, said it again. And then look into the mirror like, ah, but I look okay. But then the voices are coming back. You look sick. You're not okay. What's wrong with you? Ah, yeah, by the way, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? You know? And by evening, the person, at night, the person was shaking. <laughs> How did that happen? So it's the same kind of technique that the enemy uses. Okay? He wants you to go. He, the seed has been sown. One person comes, he sows the seed. Then another one comes, sows another one. Then he will now bring the one that will come and induce. <laughs> you know? And cause you to give birth to that thing that was sown in you. You see? 
So, but some, he sends someone to sow the seed. But sometimes he can come himself directly to sow it to you. Okay? There might be no one yielding. And he might just stand there and speak to your mind. As you are dressing up, he says, look at you, look at you. You know, you are not okay. Ah, there's something wrong with you. Can you see how you feel today? It's, it's a different, you know? And the moment you start accepting it, the moment you start accepting it, things begin to line up. They begin to line up. And the next thing you now realize, before you know it, you are paralyzed emotionally. You can't move. You get up and you say, I, I don't have what it takes. Meanwhile, you did. You do. But you have been convinced that you don't have what it takes. You see? It's amazing. Or the enemy can just, you can just wake up one day and then you just, and uh, the enemy will just tell you that, ah, Munewa hates you. Just from nowhere. And then you look at her and maybe you say good morning to her and she's, you know, her mind, she's so, she's thinking of, she's thinking deeply and she didn't hear you, you know. I said, oh, I say, ah, I knew it. <laughs> she really hates me. Then from there, you start interpreting every move she makes according to that seed that was sown. So it now, because you are not whole anymore, it affects how you see. It affects how you interpret. And it affects your judgment. You see? So that's, the, the, that's part of the game that the enemy plays with us many times. And we don't know. And you now say, you tell yourself, okay, I don't care. Nobody likes me. Okay, you know. But that's not the case. You have embraced a lie. You have conceived a lie. And if you don't abort that lie, you will give birth one day. And you won't like the baby you give birth to. What will come out of you will shock you. It's, where did this come from? So the enemy can sow it directly to you through your thoughts, okay? He can speak to your thoughts. And you just wake up, you start thinking in a particular way. And you don't realize that it's the enemy that has projected those thoughts to you as seeds. And then he waits for it to mature, to get to a point where it will now, um, he's now going to force labor and cause you to give birth. To that thing. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. When you, when, you, when you study the natural, it helps you to understand the spiritual. Many of the things that happen in the spirit have a natural counterpart. So that's, 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 that's how he does. And sometimes he can, he can even uh, sow the seed to you in a dream. That's why you need, to, you need to watch your dreams, your dream life. 
they can sow a seed in you about somebody in a dream. And you wake up and you just say, hmm, oh, this person, I knew it. I knew it. Now, I believe God speaks in dreams. And you know, I've done the extensive teaching on dreams, right? God speak, does speak in dreams. But you need to know how to judge dreams. You need to know. Not every dream you get is from God. Just like not every vision you see is from God. Yeah. So he can sow into you because he will look for what is easily, um, what is going to help easy absorption or whatever it is. So if he sees that he cannot get it into you in your waking moments, all right, he will come when you are sleeping. When you are, you are a bit, you know, your mind is, is, um, is not active, then he comes and he sows that seed about you, about your parents, about your friends, about your siblings, about your neighbor, about your mother-in-law, about your, anybody. And if you allow it, it is now going to impact your relationship with that person. And once your relationship is impacted with that person, you can't receive. Then you are out of alignment. Then when you now begin to pray, your prayers don't go anywhere because God is saying, but you need to sort this out. You need to sort this out. This is you praying and praying and like you're dealing. Ah, God says, no, go back. I want, I want to say this, that God is very big on relationships. He is, he prioritizes relationship more than you imagine. Yeah. He prioritizes how you relate with people. He watches that. Because you don't see him. So the, the, the people that you see, he will assess how you relate to those people. And that is an indication of your relationship with him. Yeah? John said, if you, how can you love God whom you do not see? Yeah, you, you, if you cannot love your brother or your sister, how can you say you love God? <laughs> so God is big on relationships. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I want you to know without the shadow of a doubt that God is big on relationships. Yeah. God is big on relationships and you also need to be big on relationships. Many people are so quick to discard divinely ordained relationships. Now, relationships have challenges. There are ups and downs and so on. Remember, we are imperfect. Okay? We are imperfect. So, we, as imperfect people, are relating with each other. We all have our strengths and our weaknesses. If you relate with me long enough, you will see my weaknesses. Yeah. And if you see them, it's up to you. You can decide, okay, you have this weakness. So because of that, I don't want to deal with you anymore. It's your choice. It's your prerogative. I've never pretended to be perfect. 
Hallelujah. And, and, I, and I know I'm not. Okay. So, and, and, and I know also I, rela- I relate with people, but you have to give grace to people. What if that person is sick emotionally? Do you get my point? Yeah, what if that person is sick in their, in their soul? Because there are different things that lead to, uh, uh, to illnesses in the soul. All right? I can give you, for example, abuse. Okay? When somebody is abused, it goes deep down into the soul. It goes deep down into the soul. And if one that, once that thing enters into the soul, it starts affecting how that person relates with other people and how that person um, interacts with other people. Why? Because there is an injury that is not obvious. And the thing about soul illnesses is that they are not obvious. If you are physically sick, immediately you go to the doctor. All right? Yeah. You go to the doctor, you wake up, you're not feeling well. Doctor, you know, you, you, you pay doctor money to just tell you what is wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because doctor has spent many years training and learning about your physical body. Right? But do you know that there are soul illnesses? So psychologists are trained to deal with the soul. But now, in, in terms of just like physical illnesses, not every physical illness is biological. Some physical illnesses are demonic. Now, I'm not saying everyone is. But there are some that are. You go to a doctor, they search, they do everything, and they can't spot anything. But you know you are not okay. Have you been there before? Yeah. But then there are things that are biological, so biological conditions. So you don't go around looking for demons in every sick person. (laughs) Yeah. Like a a friend of mine one day was telling me, you know, that... he, he, he saw a child trip, and he says it was a demon that caused that child. I mean, this child is playing. Children are playing. And the child hit his foot on the stone and fell, and he says it's a demon that caused it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's on another level. Okay. So let's not be like that. But I want you to know that there are physical conditions that are not biological. Doc, is that, am I correct? All right. So there are things also emotionally you experience that are from the realm of the Spirit. Just like physically there are things you experience sometimes that are demonic. Right? Sometimes you just wake up and you just know. You, or rather, you just hear in your mind and your, your body tells you, you are not okay. This is the problem. And then when you stand and you resist it, 
by evening is gone. It's gone. But it was a real feeling you had. So learn to resist the, the enemy. Learn to resist symptoms. Okay? Not every symptom that just lands on you is welcome. So you need to say, no, I refuse. You are not welcome here in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. But many of us rather resist God and we submit to the devil. And that's a complication. So, in the, in the soul realm as well, there are certain things you feel. Sometimes you feel that somebody hates you or somebody doesn't love you. It's not real. So you need to deal with that. If you allow that, it will affect that relationship. And if it affects that relationship, you can't experience God's blessing. Do you know, let me put it this way, and I've said it many times before, that relationship is one of the currencies of the kingdom. How many people have heard me say that before? Okay, yeah. It's one of the currencies of the kingdom. In the kingdom of God, there are many currencies. There are many currencies in the, in the kingdom of God. So one of the currencies in the, in the kingdom of God is relationships. So that's why when you pray and say, God, bless me, do this for me, God will bring somebody into your life. It doesn't just drop from heaven. No, relationships are the pipeline that the blessings flow through. So the answer to some of your prayers are the people in your life. But you don't know. You say, you say, Lord, teach me humility. Then God puts somebody in your life to challenge your pride. Yeah. I'm telling you how God works. So you get upset. Why is this person like this? But you don't know that it's an answer to the prayer you prayed. So you think that God will just work it in the isolation of people. You think God answers prayers without people. You are mistaken. So when God wants to answer your prayer, He uses somebody. And it's the least expected person. Lord, I want to be patient. Okay, you want to be patient? I'll send Uncle Tom. That one that knows how to rob you the wrong way. All of a sudden shows up. And things start happening. But if your soul is not whole, you will overreact. Okay? You will overreact. I'm sure when you were a kid, there was a time, one of those times you played, you got injured. Huh? Maybe imagine you were running and then you tripped and you, you bruised your hand, you, you, know, you scraped your hand on the, on the ground and you were, you were bleeding 
Huh? So imagine that happened, and then you're walking one day. That place has not yet healed. And you meet a friend, and the friend just shakes your hand. How are you going to respond? You say, oh, wonderful, good to see you. Is that how you're going to respond? No. You're going to say, ah! But that same person used to shake your hand, and it was never a problem. Okay? Now something has happened to you, not to the person, to you, and you overreact because of the pain. And the person is surprised. It's just a handshake. What's wrong with you? You're saying, but I, I injured my hand. You say, oh, I'm sorry. Okay? That's what happens physically. But you know, emotionally, the same applies. So you've gone through some stuff. You've gone through some stuff and you are bruised emotionally. And somebody comes and says, hello. Hello, how are you? And you say, why are you talking to me like that? What are you up to now? But you see, they, there's nothing wrong with the greeting. But it is the wound that you have in your soul. The wound you have in your soul causes you to overreact. And so now you now think that that person is the cause of your problem. Meanwhile, you had the problem before that person came. Will you be made whole? Your soul needs to be made whole. Hallelujah. Your soul needs to be made whole. Your soul needs to be healed. Healed from whatever pain, whatever wound you have in your soul. There are different things that can, can cause our souls to be wounded. Sometimes you, 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 you go through things and you feel that God is the one that has, has, has caused you pain. So you allow that to become a source. You allow your soul to now begin to see God as the, the author of your pain. Meanwhile, He's not. And sometimes you might have gone through experiences in life because we're living in a fallen world and we're dealing with imperfect people. Amen? Sometimes some people can be inspired by the enemy to do things. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. So somebody can be inspired to say certain things that are hurtful. So, you know, you can be wounded emotionally from physical abuse. You can be wounded emotionally from verbal abuse. Words can wound you. Can wound you. Words can open a wound that is trying to heal. And then now, you are in the, in the worst state. 
But God is asking today, will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? God wants you whole. He wants you whole, spirit, soul, and body. He wants you whole, spirit, soul, and body. Okay? He wants you to be in a healthy space so that your, your perception, you know, the soul, this is where self-consciousness is. This is where, uh, this is where you feel loved. You feel rejection. It's from your soul. That's where your soul interprets that. Your soul is what tells you about your, your personality, your, 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 your self-image, your personal worth. It's, it's there in your soul. It's the seat. That's the place where you have your sense of personal value. It's in your soul. So if your soul is not whole, you can devalue yourself. You can devalue yourself and see yourself as unworthy. You see yourself as, as someone that is nothing. Meanwhile, God has made you in His image after His likeness. God has paid a high price for you. How do you know the value of a thing by the price that is paid for that thing? Hallelujah. What was the price that was paid for you? The blood of Jesus. So the, 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 the blood of Jesus is what, that's, that's your value. You want to know your true value. Look at the price that was paid for you. Don't listen to what people say. Hallelujah. Don't listen to what life tells you. Don't listen to what circumstances tell you. Don't listen to what, you know, what society says about you. What your family is saying about you is not your true value. Hallelujah. In fact, your salary is not your value. Glory to God. Amen. Your value is determined by the blood of Jesus. The blood of the Lamb of God that was slain. That's how valuable you are. That God will leave His throne, come to the earth, and, and suffer persecution. Be wounded for you. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. So Jesus was wounded emotionally so that you can be emotionally whole. Do you understand me? Yeah, He was wounded emotionally. So that you can be emotionally whole. You want to be healed. You want to made, be made whole. You want to be made well. You want to be made well inside. You need to have a healthy image of who you are. Okay? Don't allow life to define you. Don't allow what you face to define you. Let the blood of Jesus define you. Let the cross define you. Let the resurrection define you. Hallelujah. Let the word of God define you. So what if you are not perfect? So what if you made mistakes? Don't let your mistakes define you. Every one of us has made mistakes. And if you are like me, I've made countless mistakes. Many mistakes in life. And I'm sure you have your own experience but don't let those things define you let the word of God hallelujah 
Amen? So, on Friday, we're going to come here and pray. I want us to come here and pray. And I want us to pray into soul matters. Okay? I want us to pray into those things. By 6.30 in the evening, let's come here and pray. Come here and pray together. Hallelujah. And spend some time and go. There's, there's a lot to say and to deal with in the Spirit. I want you to be made whole. Do you want to be made whole? Yeah, I want you to be made whole so that you will have the accurate interpretation of your experiences. You will have the accurate uh, interpretation of what people say. If your soul is not whole, even what people say can be distorted in your mind. It will be distorted in your mind. You will mishear. Jesus says, be careful how you hear so you can mishear. You can hear wrongly. So you hear and you, you think, this is what I heard. But when we analyze it, we'll discover that. But this was not what was said. You heard wrongly. How many of you have said something before and it led to a quarrel? Just, and, and that's not what you meant. It's a soul condition. It's a soul condition. So if we're going to move with God, if we're, going to, if we're going to exercise the kind of authority we're supposed to exercise, I want to rule as kings in this life, we need to get hold of that part of us and work at it and reclaim every ground you've lost there. Hallelujah. want to reclaim it. Glory to God. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. Let's talk to the Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. If you are here and you are not born again, I want to start by praying for you. I want to start by praying for you. Is there anybody you want to give your life to Jesus? If you raise your hand, I'll pray for you there's anybody like that or maybe you want to get born again maybe it's your first time or maybe you've drifted and you say I want to come back raise your hand I'll pray for you anybody I don't see any hand is there any hand okay for those who are online maybe you want to pray this with us you want to pray this prayer join us in the spirit I'll pray with you just say this after me if you want to give your life to Jesus say dear God I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that he is Lord Jesus come into my heart bring your kingdom into me I open myself and I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior, as my King, as my Master. Take over. Begin to rule over my thoughts. Begin to rule over my soul. Begin to rule over my life. Thank you, Jesus. Forgive me 
my sins right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let me pray for you. Father, I thank you and I pray. I pray for my brother, my sister who just prayed this prayer. And I ask, oh God, that your kingdom will come upon them. Let your kingdom come in their lives. Let there be manifestations of your lordship in their lives, oh God, from this day forward. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want you to contact us. The details are on the screen there. We want to hear from you. I want to guide you and to tell you what to do next, even from this, uh, from this moment. And the rest of you here, we're going to be praying on Friday, but I just want to pray a general prayer for you. Okay? I'm going to pray a general prayer for you. This is an area where the enemy has attacked many people successfully. Some of you, your challenge is even from your home. Yeah, the wounds are from home. They are not even from strangers. They are from home. You have been wounded. So many cuts inside you. And before it heals, another one again. And before it heals, another one. Then another one. Then another one. And now you are in a state emotionally that you are not proud of. But I want to pray for you that the Lord will move and touch you even in that area. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Yes, but one of the things the anointing of Jesus was to, was to bind the brokenhearted. To bind the brokenhearted. So I'm praying, Father, for every heart that is broken here. Lord God, even online, those who are watching, for every broken heart, Lord, I ask for healing. I ask for healing right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, Lord, I just ask that you would apply the balm of Gilead, the balm of Gilead in every heart. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.